Welcome back to the Live AD 33 podcast, where we want to live in view of the cross of Christ and give current events eternal perspective. I'm your host, George Hellowa. Uh, this week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about something that is just crazy. We have been at each other's throats the last couple of weeks. It feels like the right, the left, everybody's screaming at each other, and it's hard. It's hard to live in a world where everyone is so angry all the time. And, you know, personally, I, I'm not going to lie. I've had a little anxiousness, a little anxiety wrestling with this, but uh, it seems to me that there's got to be a better way, a better way to live, a better way to love in the middle of an angry world. And that's what we're going to talk about in the podcast today. I want to encourage you, if you've been struggling with this, to tune in here because, uh, you know, it's so easy to feel like we have to fight to be heard in this world and that people who are trying to give reason are getting shouted down. And that is no way, uh, that is no way to see the change that we want to see in the world. But I'm going to point us back today to the one thing that can make all the difference, the one thing that helps us to love in an angry world. So let's tune in and take a listen. Thanks for being here today. Hey everyone, Pastor George back to give current events eternal perspective. I get it. You're frustrated. You're frustrated because you don't know what the rules are anymore. You're trying to love and support people, but you don't know if showing support for one group of people will ostracize you from another group you also support. Now, you want to say something, but don't know how or when. Or you think you're taking the safe route and you're choosing silence, and when you do that, you're picked on for not taking a stand. You're frustrated because we're told to love others. But then the definition of love and what that looks like seems to keep changing. Many of us are led to think that we should apologize while also being given the impression that apologies aren't enough. And we're afraid to demonstrate solidarity because in our binary you love me or hate me world, we can't separate what we do support from the things that we can't support. Human dignity has been replaced with politics and posturing. And you're frustrated because it seems like we're in the times when Jesus promised that the love of many will grow cold. People are angry all the time. And some people seem angry even before something upsets them or someone wrongs them. If, if you don't believe me, scroll through your social media feeds. You'll find hundreds of people stewing in their frustration. The blessing and curse of social media is it gives everyone a voice. And it creates echo chambers where we can find, reinforce, and feed those people who align with our beliefs. People are on the right and the left are living in anger. And both claim to have righteous anger. And in order to be heard in an increasingly noisy world, people are getting louder. So how does the message of hope and reconciliation get heard over the din? What's a believer to do when everyone is shouting over one another? Well, once again, we can turn to the scriptures to guide us and show us how to live and love in an angry world. In Matthew 5, Jesus gave the famous Sermon on the Mount. In his message, Jesus takes what people have been taught and practiced for years and turns it upside down. Instead of a man-centered, get-my-own-way style of living, Jesus tells us that putting others first is the key. In verse 43, he says, You have heard uh, the law that says, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. 
and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. And if you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. What Jesus is describing here is unconditional love. A genuine love for people, regardless of whether they are friend or foe. A love that overflows from seeing people from God's perspective. Now, a lot of people like to think they love unconditionally. But it's hard to love our enemies, or at least those we think are our enemies, uh, that way. But if your love for someone is predicated on their change, then it's not unconditional. Now remember, Christ loved us while we were sinners, while we were his enemies. He didn't start loving us once we cleaned up our act. And I like to remind people that sacrificial love, the kind demonstrated by Jesus, makes the first move. When we start playing the I'll love them when they start being lovable game, we've already lost and proven ourselves to actually be unloving people. Now, I'm not saying loving people is always easy. (laughs) If it was, we'd all be doing it. And ironically, we often resent things in people that we tolerate in ourselves. Now, here's two ways to check if you truly love people. First, do you see people through God's eyes? Do you see people the way God sees people? Do you rejoice in their success and weep in their distress? Does your heart long for who people could be, and do you want more for them than they want for themselves? And do you want that for them even if it doesn't benefit you? Would you give something up so that they could have it? In other words, do you see people the way God sees you, with grace, kindness, forgiveness, and hope? And remember, the standard of love isn't whether you are more loving than someone else, but are you as loving as Jesus Christ? Second, the Bible gives us a definition of love. So, can you insert your name in place of the word love and it still be true? Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Apply that standard to how you love both your friends and your enemies. It can be a pretty sobering revelation. Love is determined in our hearts, but displayed in our actions. And we don't want to fake it either. Romans 12.9 says, Let love be genuine. Another translation puts it this way, Don't just pretend to love others, Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Now, if I could afford to take out a billboard ad that would be seen by everybody everywhere, the next part of the verse might be what I put on the sign. Never pay evil back with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. I think it's a forgotten truth that kindness makes a bolder statement than anger, and honor does a much better job of shaming those who choose evil. Now, I don't want anybody to accuse me of telling people they they shouldn't be angry. We should be angry at injustice. We should be angry at sin. 
but our responses should be motivated by love, not anger. Why? Paul writes, Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Have you noticed something here? The responsibility to love is a personal one. It's not conditional. It's not corporate. It's personal and individual. The steps to a more loving world start with more loving people. It starts with you, and it starts with me. So how do we love in an angry world? It's all about how we listen, and how we learn, and how we live. The book of James famously writes, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Fun fact, the Greek word translated righteousness here has the same root as the word justice. Consider that for a second while so many are demanding justice. It will not likely come from our anger. In fact, the Bible has a lot to say about how we listen and learn. Proverbs 12.15, Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. A fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. Verse 23, The wise don't make a show of their knowledge, but fools broadcast their foolishness. Proverbs 18.13, Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. Imagine a world where we listen and learn before we spoke. Perhaps more people would respond in love than, than react with anger. But even when we do listen, we can screw it up with our lips and our lives. Ever feel like you have to get the last word in or, or you've lost the argument? One more zinger just for good measure. Listen to the words of Proverbs 15.1. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. Sometimes the best way to love in an angry world is to stop throwing fuel on the fire. This doesn't mean that we don't speak truth, but that we learn to speak the truth in love. Consider what would happen if instead of pushing back, we met people's anger with gentleness. What would it look like if we were less concerned about getting our own way than shining God's light? What if we didn't react to every slight or indiscretion, but answered with kindness? Instead of Arguing on social media, we bought someone coffee, learned more about them, and got to know them instead of their issues. See, what this world needs is a little more empathy. Paul reminds us in Philippians, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. My friends, remember... Our world might be conformed and shaped by wars and anger, but lives are transformed by love. Let me leave you with these powerful and all too timely words from Hebrews 13. Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Remember those in prison as if you uh, were there yourself. And remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. Finally, if you're not sure what love truly looks like, or if you can't find it in yourself to love your enemies, then go to the source of love. The Bible tells us that God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. So if you want to know how to love in an angry world, make sure you're living in God's love first. You can't give away 
what you don't already possess. But live in God, and His love will flow out of you, and His love will transform this angry world. Thanks for tuning in to the Live AD 33 podcast, where we do want to give current events eternal perspective. If you have any thoughts, if you have anything you want to share with us, go ahead and email us at live 8033 at gmail.com. Our music today is by Lee Rosevere. You can find his stuff online at the freemusicarchive.org. And as always, my name is George Hellowa, committed to bringing you the Word of God in these crazy times that we might walk with God and be encouraged by it and live by it. We'll see you soon.